The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. This is Gone by Lunchtime, the spin-offs podcast all about politics and chocolate mints. I'm Toby Manhire. Over there, Ben Thomas, New Zealand's leading craft beer aficionado, a top operative for shadowy political PR outfit Exceltium, and the man whose tweets could change the direction of this election campaign. <laughs> How are you, Ben? I'm, I'm good. If there's one thing that we've known since 2008, it's that each election will be decided on social media. Have you been working <laughs> on that tweet, that killer tweet that is going to completely Which, be a, oh, a game changer. Was my Winston debate tweet? Oh, that... Uh. What was the other, t- what was the other no, tweet? No, I mean a new one. I'm one that's going to come. Oh, my secret tweet. Yeah, the, that was when I was taking a Twitter October hiatus surprise. going into the workshop to work on the best tweet mm. in NZ politics history. Um, but I've been, I've been diverted. I've got 10 weeks. Though. Bad news, listeners. Annabelle Lee, uh, the critical and popular favourite of this podcast, has at the 11th hour pulled out owing to uh, some interview she has to do for her award-winning television programme, The Hooey. So she's not here. We do, however, have Guy Williams. Hello. Uh, who who uh, is here as a special guest. Thanks for having me. And was recently announced as the leader, of the co-leader of the Green Party. Congratulations, <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Are you going to give me an introduction or do parents know who I am? You're the, the, the one off the television. Because you really set me up there for a fail. You made it sound like Annabelle had gone and I had taken her place, which is not the case. I was supposed to do it with Annabelle and she pulled mm. out at the last mm. minute. Mm. It's crazy. Mm. The way this podcast is organised, madness. We just had about 10 minutes sort of sermon from Guy Williams off the television. Pull telling your us shit together. We're sloppy, ill-prepared. So I li- well, cause I listen, I'm the listener. I listen to your podcast. and Welcome. Coughing on air. <laughs> What? Are we for it or against it? Because I'm against it. This I is this is like a terrible it. John Stewart crossfire moment, isn't it? Yeah. You're just like the podcast well, will be cancelled next eat week. M&Ms it's just during over. the show. That's you, you've put them in your mouth right now, haven't you? You've put them in. No, you're coughing now. <laughs> I'm, I'm you're laughing. I'm, the the spin-off stable of podcasts very much works on the basis of confectionery and on the rag quite often drink quite heavily oh, during theirs. Is that goodness. right, Jose? Such a, it, it, um, it makes it human, it makes it relatable. Well, unlike your stuff, which quite often seems as though you're trying to make it all crazy. Here's the crazy guys in Palmston North, Jono and Guy, or whatever the fuck it is. It's called Jono and, and Ben, we all you know, know the name. It's scripted. So my, name, my name's Guy, just to the, for the listeners who don't know who I am. 
And I am a comedian who works on the John and Ben show, which he's, and he's mocking there so effectively. And I'm also interesting because... And you're also the new co-leader of the Green Party. Yeah, well, I, I do a comedy column in the Sunday Star Times, which occasionally is political. And, um, yeah. That's no, but I'm you... Uh, when did you do it? On the weekend, you pledged your allegiance to the Green Party. You yeah. selfied yourself at their Nelson campaign launch. The whole yes. Thing, right? Yeah, I, I, I think... Because I think this is quite interesting. Um, I... My favourite sports writer, or not my favourite sports writer, but a guy I listen to on podcasts a lot is Bill Simmons. You guys might know him. Yeah. He's like quite similar to Duncan Grieve. He looks similar. He talks similar. They're kind of similar. What I liked about Bill Simmons is in his sports columns, he would write from the perspective of a Boston Celtics fan. He's honest. He's out in the open. That's He puts mm. his, his colours on his mask. Mm. Unlike Justin Marshall, who pretends to be impartial, but then clearly just goes mental when the All Blacks, you know, something goes wrong. And in politics, it really annoys me how everyone secretly hides what they're alliances or where they're from you know paul henry once ran for the national party mm. and and um hosking is clearly incredibly biased and he tries to hide that and i'm like i don't want to hide my colors you know where i'm coming from i'm a green party uh supporter and like i've always been honest about that like, it's always been a thing but i wanted to make it really clear to people and also i want to campaign for the greens because i like them and i like their causes um uh, is that not a good way to do things? I, I think this is important and admirable transparency. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, Ben. I, 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 I look in the in the spirit of while, while we're just here, like sort of rending our garments. <laughs> yeah. I, I I just want to say I I worked I worked for the ACT Party during its two thousand and two campaign. Yeah, don't, don't isn't one of your colleagues at Shadowy Political PR Operation Excelium standing for the ACT Party as well? Yeah, Brooke Van Velden just been announced as number three on the ACT Party list. So Congratulations. They'd, they'd need to get about, what, 2%? Well, that's not going to happen. Whoa, <laughs> that's, that, is, that is like three Everests. <laughs> Sorry, is Brooke a man or a woman? Brooke is a, a woman. Okay, oh, lovely. She, yeah. Do you think she's a good candidate? Yeah. Well, you paused so. for a yeah. long time there. Well, no, look, I mean, we, we, you know, we just... I, I, I'm always nervous of being accused of sort of shadowy shilling, although I suppose this is pretty out in the open. No, I think she's a good candidate. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> we've met Matthew Houdon, the uh, managing director of Excel Team, has resisted the urge that uh, Andrew Little gave into in 2008 to fire his employee, who's become an ACT candidate. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't remember that. That was, yeah, that was, a, that was a minor scandal. I wrote about that when I was at the NBR. Um, Little had a... A, a, uh, an employee at the EPMU, uh, the engineers' union, mm. who stood for ACT and was dismissed. And there are actually good reasons for this. He um, he hadn't uh, notified the notified the union. Yeah. So there were justifiable reasons, and I think the the dismissal was upheld. Um, but Little was very fiery and sort of media where he's, he he didn't take the kind of procedural route and instead said, you know, we're a, we're a workers' union. We're yeah. we're here for the people, you know, for the for the hardworking engineers. We're not not having an act candidate. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Sort yeah. of opening him up himself up for sort of legal action again, but yeah. uh, staying true to the firebrand roots of the movement. Yeah. Listen, enough about two thousand and eight. Um, uh, I demanded of Annabelle when she um, let us all down. Uh, earlier today that she emailed her thoughts of the moment on politics and she sent me a short list and I suggest that what we do is we um, just go around and say whether we think she's right or wrong on each of these. <laughs> okay. I'll begin. Number one, this is Annabelle Lee. Metaria hates Winston. That's Metaria Ture, co-leader of the Green Party with you. Your co-leader. Yeah, I'm Green. I'm co-leader, um, yeah. Uh, guy. Uh, Metaria hates Winston. Uh, who's the Peter's the leader of the New Zealand First Party? This is, but will still have a three-way with him. 
True what or false? Is this? This? Yes or no? Yeah, wrong. This is Annabelle Lee. <laughs> true. This is her, this is her true. true? Yeah. Absolutely true. It's true, isn't it? Um, number two. Winston hates hippies, but not as much as immigrants. Okay. What? Well, what about backpackers? Uh, what, what if, oh right! What, both what about what about Germans with slack lines oh and guitars God. playing Wonderwall? <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think that answers for all of us. Uh, number three, everyone hates Andrew, which seems pretty mean. I think just talking about Andrew Little having a rough time in the polls and generally um, struggling there. Uh, then she says National is going to win, and that's really cutting that's, to the chase, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you think? I, don't think, I don't think that's a very hot take. But do you think it, do you think that's true? If you if you yeah, definitely. You think that's it's going to be a national New Zealand first not, coalition? Yeah, not come happen, first, but end up in government. What do you think, Ben? What are you what are your odds on? What do you what do you? Those are the favourites. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's about it's about it's about eighty percent at the moment, isn't it? Maybe. It really depends on how you define winning. If you if you include going into coalition with Winston Peters for three years as a victory, <laughs> then sure, <laughs> but we, we, we you'll get you'll get real sick of winning. Yeah. Well, if we say Bill English will be the prime minister. At Christmas, right now that's the that's, most likely. That's eighty percent. Is that eighty yeah. percent? Yeah. yeah, but yeah. It, it, there's a long way to go. Hmm. Like anything could happen. It's very exciting. But can I just um, can I just because re- I thought that was kind of can I rewind like twelve steps before? Of course. I think it's is, is there something wrong because you keep on alluding to it. Is there something wrong with me coming out and saying I'm a Green Party supporter and stuff like that? Is that dodgy or is that weird or is that a mistake? No. No, I think no. I don't think it's a mistake. I mean, I think you'd already. You, I mean, you. I've done a lot of things for a lot of years. But you're not a you're not a reporter. I think it would be problematic yeah. if you were a reporter. No, or, or, well, but Hosking is very national, and he is, claims to be a journalist. Well, he, well, I think Hosking he does very John. He Kennedy. actively he actively um, he actively eschews the label journalist, doesn't he? He says okay. he's a broadcaster. Well, but he um, hosts the, the leaders debate every year, and yeah. that's crazy, right? Is there anything that crazy? He's a brand ambassador for TVNZ Current Affairs and Sky City. <laughs> is he still a... I don't know if he is a Sky City brand <laughs> ambassador. Surely he well, used to have, He definitely knows. used to have the gold card. Um, Hosking, last time round, there was a formal complaint, I think, from the Labour Party about um, Mike Hosking hosting one of the debates. Yeah, which, as he should be. Well, but I mean, he actually, maybe, he actually but the debate was pretty good. Well. He did a good job. But, but, but every journalist is... It's, are you, Toby, are you... Where do you sit? Well, I don't... Nowhere. I don't... I don't... I mean, I vote. philosopher king. I do vote. Yeah, I'm not like, I mean, there are some... But I don't have any party affiliation, right? I yeah. Mean, I genuinely don't. Where'd you vote in the last election? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. Or is that a rude question? I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah, so no, so you, I don't, you don't have to, but it's really interesting because I like, do I have to, do you have to say you're like, you're leaning on Twitter now? Should I put it in my bio? Like, I think it's best to be out in the open and be, you're like, this is the where, this is where I stand. Is that not good? I think it's great. But I think that at the same time, it's people should, people are, should feel free to disclose or not disclose who, for whom they vote. Twitter, I think, is a bit bonkers because there's this sort of requirement for sort of lengthy 500 word disclaimers with every tweet you know i mean if oh, you don't have to do if, that. i think if people are easily googleable there's <laughs> no no real requirement cuz this is how i um this is how i first met ben and it blew my mind is that i knew ben from um twitter he's funny good guy on twitter i really i really enjoy his twitter presence and i knew him from the spin off which is great so i was like this is who ben is this is what i know i just follow him on twitter my partner is Golri Scudamon who's running for the green uh, Gol Reese like uh, tweeted something that I wrote that she had said to me um, that was like that Ben took offence to. Am I right saying that? Yeah. Yep. My column was about John Key giving himself a knighthood and mocking that, right? And in it, I also mentioned that Chris Finlayson 
um, made himself a QC. An errant lie. Is that, is that an errant liar? Ab- absolutely. Can absolutely you Absolutely incorrect. Okay. Yeah. So I Googled you, and the first thing that came up was Exceltium. And I was like, what is Exceltium? And I looked up Exceltium, and it turns out that that was the company run by Matthew Hooten, and you worked for Matthew Hooten. I was like, oh my God, it's the loop. this is crazy. <laughs> <All> the- <laughs> and then, Everything's connected by strings. And then in the bio, in his bio, in the first line of the bio, they're like, who is Ben? It's like, Ben works for Chris Finlayson. I was like, what the hell? It's his mate. Just, and then also... Just trying, to make a, just trying to make an innocent joke in your column and suddenly plunged into the darkness Into the, of the dark world, yeah. And then, yeah. and then the craziest thing was... <laughs> Is that is that you also in line with um, you represent Meredith Connell as well, the government, uh, the state prosecutor, and it was just the whole situation just just struck me as being like very murky and and dodgy. It just kind of and that's kind of one of the reasons you invited me on as well because you're like, hey, am I right? Yeah, let's let's do a podcast. But but when you, I mean, obviously when you strip all that back, yeah, the relevant thing is you know, putting aside the, the joke thing or whatever, yeah. is that, you know, I worked in Finlayson's office, so yeah. I, I was there when this happened, yeah. and I know but also the truth. You, you, right? But you can, also see, you can also see why you're a massive conflict of interest. No? No. Okay. No. Okay, well, I just think, <laughs> I just think, I just think when you're on Twitter and stuff like that, it should be like, hey... I'm a National Party employee or former National Party employee who currently works for the ACT Party or something. You know, like, don't you think that should be out there? And that's why I'm coming out there. I'm like, hey, I support the Greens. The, yeah, really. I'm in a relationship. It, I mean, it kind of clutters up the timeline, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I, I don't think there's many people who um, follow me who don't know. Oh, I'd say no one knows. I'd say... I'd I mean, say if, if, if they take an interest in... But I, I, I think the other thing is, I mean... Where does, so that, Matthew where, where, does, does where does that conflict of interest issue kind so, of come into it? Because... For instance, if I'm just correcting a factual mistake you've made, mm. you know, there's no kind of um, malignant sort of project happening. But you cannot see how this, and this will in future times as a commentator, it's very unusual that you and Matthew Hooten are commentators slash PR people. Don't you think that's unusual? No, no, there's no. Uh, Toby, sh- do you think it's unusual? No, a large number of commentators are PR people. Do I think it's unusual or inappropriate? Or unusual, I say unusual, but like unusual. Don't, I think it's weird. Are you saying a large number of commentators of PR people? That's yeah, bad. That absolutely. Sounds, sounds trouble, troublesome. Is I, it troublesome. I mean, it could be. And that makes me and, feel and, uncomfortable. And this, then this is something that makes John Drinnan, the uh, part-time media commentator for the Herald, uncomfortable as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, why, why is he uncomfortable? It's, it's imperfect, isn't it? That, that it's such that a small world. Incestuous. Yeah, I mean, it's imp- it's imperfect. That uh, I mean. One of the difficulties when you're trying to find a range of people to uh, contribute in an informed way to a political discussion mm. is just finding them. Yeah, right? and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Ben is like down the list. Obviously, he's high up the list for us, <laughs> and we love him dearly. Yeah, but the truth is that it is actually easier to find people on the left who are willing to take part. And if you talk to people who book the commentators for TV and radio, they'll, yeah. t- they'll tell you that. Um, and I, I mean, f- for my own part, I think it's really important that there's an understanding when Ben comes on this show that if he has any conflict in terms of his clients, yeah, he'll declare that and or recuse himself. But my, but I don't think his view. I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he shouldn't be permitted to contribute. To no, that, but I'm just saying how it's very interesting how these guys they use the word exaltium as well, which is like kind of like hides it a little bit. Like, it should be, I, mean, I work for the ACT Party. Like, it should be mentioned, like, yeah, don't you but, think? Well, I think if you worked for the ACT Party, 
that would be mentioned. Yeah, it should be. It should I'm, be I'm, like in Matthew Hooten's like Twitter bio. Uh, and, and is like right there next to under his name. Yeah, I think you're getting a couple of things confused though. So, f- for instance, the fact that you have clients doesn't mean that that's relevant to anything. I think it's saying. incredibly pertinent. I think it's so important. Well, I, I think it is if that's the issue. Your that mate's you're mate with Chris Finlayson, so that's why you're getting offended. You're like, you could go, "Hey, man, the guy's my mate. I disagree with what you've said." Well, it's not. It's not getting offended. I was. I mean, there's no. I mean, why would I be hiding it? I mean, the, the fact that I was there is the grounds on which I was saying, you know, I'm confident that you are wrong. Mm. Um, so I'm not trying to kind of dissemble or hide anything about that. Yeah. And as you say, it's the first thing that comes up when you Google yeah. me, right? So I don't, I, I, I don't see that there's been any kind of deception there. Yeah. Well, I just think, you know? when, I just, I just think, it's, I just think everyone should be open with, and I think you guys could maybe be a little bit more open as, as well, I think. I think in, it's, I in, think it's in, Well, like in, in what sense? I mean, on the podcast, for instance... I talk about, you know, when I worked for Finlayson, yeah. when I was in yep. national government. I mentioned yep. that quite a lot. You yeah. know, um, if we're talking about a client or somebody that we've worked for, we talk about that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see what your issue is. I think that... It's just I, weird to be I, a PR person I, and a commentator. That's what I think. And I, I, I'm sorry if that's <laughs> offensive or anything like no, that. No, no, no. Look, it's fine. I think it's a fair... But, but I don't... I, I think that... I totally get what you mean. If people are compromised in terms of what they can say... By a commercial relationship, however that commercial relationship arises, yeah. then I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. On the other hand, I think as long as people are disclosing things, I don't think it becomes an issue. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. No. Well, it's just nice to talk it through. It's good fun. It's good to, to, to air that out. Let um, Let's <laughs> progress to point one on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, which is <laughs> good which, pod. Which Which is um, uh, no, it's good. It's good. Which is Which is the um, entanglement we had. Over the weekend, rolling into Monday, in which Meteria today called out Winston's racist approach to yeah, immigration, racist it statements. It was an interesting one. It's not as though she hasn't said that before. She said that in an interview when I interviewed uh, Meteria and James Shaw earlier in the year. She said that he, she thinks he says racist statements. She's on the record saying it before. But this seemed uh, like a de- deliberate strategy over the weekend. She was on Q and A saying it. She was at the launch in yeah. Boston saying it. Said it again on Morning Report. What do you reckon, Guy? Oh, as, um, you come to me first. What, well, you're, you're, you're <laughs> as we've discussed at some length. I used to share a lift with material, you, so I'm conflict um, about this. What do, you, do, you, do you, what do you think was the thinking behind that? Um, I actually have no idea. And I, it annoys me as someone who's supporting the Greens because um, I think don't get tangled up with Winston. It's like a battle you can't win. You know what his arguments are and you know how he's going to deflect it. And he really, I think, enjoys being called racist because it allows him to go on his... Um, his rant that he went on on Twitter yesterday and stuff like that. One of the funny things he said is he said, there is, no, is there anything lower in political discussion than calling someone a racist? <laughs> I was like, yes, being a racist. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can be that are worse than calling someone a racist. But it, seemed, it did seem like an unusual move. And I don't, I don't know, yeah, maybe I didn't realise it. Well, I, thought, I thought it was more off the cuff than that. But um, you're right, it does seem like it was an intentional strategy. And I don't know why you get like bogged down in the muddy... Waters of Winston Peters. It's certainly a good point. I think that that as far as Winston Peters is concerned, being called a racist does him no harm, and it suits it him, to, him. To, because every time you call, and we've seen this happen overseas in various ways. Yeah. Every time you call that person a racist, yeah. you're calling all their supporters a racist, yeah. Yeah. and their their response to that is to recoil yeah. and say, "How dare you?" Yeah. And that reinforces the support of, of people of of, of, of that um, sentiment. But what what I'm interested in is what 
prompted the Greens, who've been mostly pretty careful, yeah. because they know, everyone knows, that it's going to require some mechanical, mm. some, some, some slotting together of those three parts yeah. to form a government. Why, what was the thinking, the strategic thinking that went behind that, do you reckon? Well, because while you'll reinforce the people who are New Zealand First supporters who, you know, kind of want to talk about heaving infrastructure and uh, different cultures but don't want to be called racists, um, you'll kind of stiffen their resolve. But what you'll also do is draw away people who maybe are a little upset by Labour's kind of silence on the issue. Yeah, yeah, that's and, and And kind of, you know, because like right now, what's happening is that New Zealand First and the Greens are pulling apart Labour and trying to drain, you know, off that, that big party. Mm. And so the, the Greens and New Zealand First aren't competing for the same votes. So they can go at it hammer and tongs. And even if that weakens, you know, say Labour's position, it strengthens both of them because they're going to be jostling after the election, right? Yeah. You know, whoever's the second biggest party after Labour, you know, if there is a reasonable prospect of a left-wing coalition, uh, left-wing centrist racist coalition, <laughs> then they'll, <laughs> well, you know, then then that becomes important for those. So that's it. So that's what yeah. it's about. It's about, in my view, it's about it's about the reality, which is that New Zealand First and the Green Party are pretty much. Uh, What's the what's the cliche? There's the you know, photo finish. They're 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 right up beside each other, in terms of the polling where they're at. And if New Zealand First overtake, which they're tracking to do, overtake the Greens, then that puts the Greens' position, despite having a memorandum of understanding with the Labour Party, puts them in a much weaker footing in terms mm. of negotiating their role in government. Do, do people but are, are voters swinging between New Zealand First and Greens? I don't think that's no, not competitive. No, no that's not right. So, so, so in a way, so that statement in terms of what it stands to gain, the Green Party. Just a few days after that, jettisoning the immigration policy that went down like mm. a cup of sick, the one about the one percent um, of population mm. um, capping, that that was saying to the people disillusioned on the left in the Labour Party, yeah. come to us, We're come to us. It, yeah. So I don't think it changes the overall number that would be within this uh, this this hypothetical coalition on the left, but it moves people towards. Towards the Greens, I think is the thinking. I mean, yeah. I, that, yeah. that's the only way I can kind also, of. Also, it's just nice just to not tolerate Winston's crap. You know, it's nice just it, to and it's good and to be on the front foot idly, rather yeah. than being careful and kind of diplomatic and saying we can get on with people. I think yeah. that that traditionally the Greens have been a party that have had kind of a radical core to it. I, 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 wrote, I wrote about this last week, and I, I mean, I'm not suggesting that was any connected in any way, <laughs> but I do feel as though there is an attempt to go, hey, this is what we stand for. Yeah. We stand for, for not so being racists, not this kind of technocratic one percent bullshit. You know, that we these this is what we stand for. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. And and there's a gap in the market, right? Because none of the other parties, Labour and National in particular, yeah. are willing to call out, you know, racism, yeah. xenophobia, yeah. because they all want to be able to woo Winston. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if Winston's already on the left, he has, you know, if he's decided to go with Labour, he has to deal with the Greens. So weirdly, we have this situation where we've got on 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 that one issue, and maybe on a few others too, we've got the National Party and Green in a much. Uh, more coordinated position together versus Labour and New Zealand first. And some have argued um, that one of the Greens' Achilles heels 
is having ruled out working with National, yeah. um, or 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 they say it's not that it's that the National have implicitly ruled out working with them, whatever it is. Do you you're you're closer to the Green Party membership than we are, Me? guy? <laughs> Guys, I'm literally just a uh, yeah, I'm not Who that you, close. Well, okay, well, well, but well, you were at the you were at the yeah. party launch. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to ask you to speak on part oh, of I the Green Party. Oh, that's quite funny. But, I thought you were doing a joke. Yeah. Um, no, I wasn't doing a joke. It's a genuine question. Um, no, uh, I'm I'm because yeah. my sense is the. The, the, the issue on, on, on paper in a way it works yeah. and there is more leverage there's more bargaining power all that for a Green Party that have left open the possibility of working with the National Party where they could find some policy uh, they could find some, some, some policy agreement yeah. my question I guess what I wonder is what it would do to the party base yeah. if the Green Party said hey we're up for coalescing with National yeah um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that's ever been an option, right? Is that, that's crazy talk. It's yeah, the pro- <laughs> I mean, look, politically, it would put them in a much stronger position. Oh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. in terms of the game. In, in particular, in terms of negotiating with Labour, mm. who have cut them out sort of successively, you know, in, in Labour governments. But w- the, the Green membership won't stand for it. Yeah. And, um, and that, that weakens your position even further if no one will vote for you. Turns out you weaken your positions by having principles. <laughs> It's a bad thing to do in politics to have some principles. And what really amazes me, by the way, I don't. Can I say because you? I thought you were joking. I don't speak for the Greens at all, or have of course, much, not. much no, involvement. Of course not. I'm literally just a comedian. Okay. Anyway, not even a very good comedian. Um, uh, what I think is amazing is that right. Where is New Zealand first getting this air from? Right. Besides people like Matidia bringing bringing him back into the news. Yeah. Is that um uh, they're getting it from high levels of immigration, which has been done by National, and I think it's weird that New Zealand First doesn't attack National more. And I, I know and, uh, they've been going pretty hard. Going pretty hard. Winston Peters hard did actually. call on Bill English to he resign. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. I mean, he's he's, he's, def- he's definitely started his bidding. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And because um, uh, that's really the conflict, and I think it's weird when New Zealand First is getting tangled up with Labour and the Greens. I was like, shouldn't you be? Well, no, I mean, I think that was sort of an aberration. I, I yeah. mean, if, uh, part, and that was the mistake. I mean, I mean New Zealand by... First have mostly been going hard at National. Yep. If you watch the, as I did for my sins, watch um, the. Uh, Whangarei unveiling to the surprise of the nation <laughs> yeah. Shane Jones as um, sidekick if not deputy leader to Winston Peters wearing a what was it make New Zealand first again make New Zealand great like oh yeah no. make New Zealand first again it was a play, yeah. was a play on, on, on those yeah. oh my words. gosh anyway if you, that was all it was all National have betrayed the regions. National have um, betrayed yeah. New Zealand. National have, um, and that's in large part, I suspect, really, because national are the government. So you know, they, yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't do, wouldn't, mm. wouldn't get much traction by saying Labour are terrible <laughs> yeah. when they were in power yeah. nine years ago. Yeah, but that's what national does whenever they get in trouble. But it is, it is, it is, it is remarkable to think that there has been so much focus on this Green versus New Zealand first thing. Yeah, when actually. And Winston has talked about consequences. <laughs> this kind of yeah, terrifying. I can't wait to hear what this consequences consequ- are. On, yeah. on, on Morning Report, he said something like, "Yes, there will be consequences, and consequences are in the future, and that's what the consequences <laughs> will be." And you got everyone goes. In about a week, Winston will be like, "I've seen the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, I'm not at liberty else. right now, but I've just got you them wait, in a sunshine." In my office, um, yeah. but um, but in terms of the rhetoric uh, that's been unleashed against the National Party, as you said, calling for Bill English as prime, uh, to resign as Prime Minister, and yet come September 24, let's talk, right? That's still, that's still the likelihood. Mm. Um, 
Shane Jones, should we touch on him briefly? Oh, you got to touch on Shane Jones. Um, the the does it does it does does it make a big difference to New Zealand first? Obviously, there's another bit of media attention apart from anything else. But does he, uh, you know, sitting on eleven in the polls, hell of a lot better than they were at this point before the but last that's not thank, election? That's not thanks to Shane Jones. Is um, it? No, no. If you let me finish my sentence, oh, sorry. Guy Williams. Sorry, sorry. Um, thank you. Um, does this does he let them kind of give them an opportunity to really surge even further? I guess is what I'm saying. Is it like you know having a having a, a, a another lead singer to yeah. come on and, and, and wow the crowd? Yeah, it's, it's good to see a little bit. I have no idea who's in the New Zealand First Party, but um, behind Winston they've been very shallow for a long time, right? So they yeah. it's, it's it's exciting to see they have a little bit of depth there. But uh, I assumed he was Winston Peters' retirement plan, like he's got to retire or die whichever comes first sometime and then Shane Jones is that not I, th- I think there's an opportunity similar, yeah. there uh, yeah I, I think the idea is that he's the heir apparent that's why he's being you know ideally set up in Northland in the Whangarei seat mm. and you know he's he is he is the coming leader of his people um, he's been arriving for a while now um, <laughs> you know I, I have this suspicion that Winston Peters might be a bit disappointed in Shane Jones. Um, Winston is an incredibly hard worker. And, yeah, quite an old-fashioned guy, you know, despite his sort of enfant terrible sort of persona. Um, he's, he's actually just an old-fashioned guy with a good work ethic. And I think he might be a little surprised by... Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, by by Shane Jones, you know, Peters really did sort of blow into Northland like a hurricane during the by-election, mm. and um, I just don't know if Jones is going to sort of replicate that sort of barnstorming up and down the electorate performance. Well, he doesn't have the same uh, appeal. Like Winston Peters has been around for forty years and done everything, and he's the most famous politician we have. Whereas um, uh, Shane Jones is was was on that trajectory and then fell off. Well, Sh- Shane Jones he's, is an extremely likable guy in person. Yeah, um, yeah. And, at the same time, I just I don't really understand the media's idea that he's this great communicator or sort of envoy to the people. Um, I've I don't know any working class people who speak like Shane Jones yeah. in a sort of mix of you know biz- bizarre extended multi aphorisms yeah. mixed with sort of faux Latin Harvard and, Harvard and and business speak yeah. Oddness. I, do, I mean, I do think I do think that there is a little bit of myth making that goes on. Certainly, the idea that that Shane Jones is the Pied Piper of West Auckland, and <laughs> he is going to suddenly bring these blue collar, ordinary, hard working New Zealanders into the fold. I mean, I don't know. Um, let's though not ignore that he is second in the preferred prime minister's rankings. Who is Winston Peters? Oh wow. Uh, you know, which leaves open if I mean, as we're talking about, if they can if they can grab some more votes, closing on Labour, and then he goes and talks to Labour with or without the Greens, and says, "Well, you know, look at this piece of paper here. It says I've got twice as much popular support as you have, Andrew Little. I'll be Prime Minister, please, and we'll make it work. Sure, right. and, and, and one and a half times as much as your Deputy Jacinda Ardern. Yeah, sure, surely not." I've heard this in the media a few times, and I was like, "This is just like a it's a great like opinion piece or something like that." But yeah. surely there's no chance of Winston Peters becoming prime minister. They're even talking about like if they got enough traction on national or something like this, it's ludicrous. I think, it it, I think I think I think it still remains a massive long shot. Yeah, but in I mean, Helen Clark acknowledged in her interview in that Ninth Floor series that Winston had asked for it in two thousand and ninety six. Ninety six. Ninety six. Um, 
you know, this and, and there's the there's the Borgen example, um, which is where you have a, a, a leader from a smaller than the largest party in a minority government. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or the, or the idea the is that there'd be a timeshare, so <laughs> Win- Winston would be the prime minister for the first year, <laughs> oh, yeah. and then would then would hand over I probably think, uh, to Jacinda, sort of Ar- like probably to to Jacinda <laughs> Ardern after Andrew yeah. Little had been knifed by his caucus yeah. for agreeing. No, after the government collapses <laughs> after three months. Um, uh, Winston Peters is so amazing, and uh, he's been in Parliament for. I have done no research. 40 years. How long has he been in Parliament? Like, so long. 30, 40, almost 40. He's 72 years old. He he first entered Parliament 38 years ago, and he's been been out two two stretches of that. In that, I'm very sceptical of these long-term politicians. In that time, has he made New Zealand a better place? Is he contributing positively to our country? Well, he's been in government before. He had a great time. He's been a minister three times and had his portfolios removed by the prime minister three times. <laughs> uh, this is, but like, I was like, because I, I, he's keeping them honest. When he, when he looks, when he, I'm just so interested in like legacy, what drives politicians, why they're doing it, why they're in it, and he seems to be in, enjoy politics for some of the same reasons that I enjoy it—the theatre of politics—and. I'm really interested when he looks back on his career, what he's going to hang his hat on and go, I was in there for all those years and I did this. Yeah, I mean, I got I, a gold card. Yeah, I th- I th- well, I think that this year is the exception. I think this is when he really wants to kind of do his legacy for Northland, kind of go up there like an elephant's graveyard. He's, he's returned to his ancestral home seat and now just wants to kind of give something back before. You reckon? End. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's. Um, yeah. I just think he just like enjoys just going around and. Drumming up, drumming up enthusiasm and trying to win at the game of politics. Look, Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I'm wrong. I, I think that's certainly something he enjoys. Oh, it's definitely yeah. a, kind of, I mean, what motivates him. You can, you can he doesn't dislike being mobbed You can see the adrenaline in him kicking in now. I mean, a year and a half ago, he looked like a kind of... He looked semi-interested, um, yeah. half awake. Yeah. Um, now he looks half awake, but pump full of adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he really is. He's engaged. He's he's there. You can see he's loving it. His eyes are sparkling. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's doing well. Let's talk about Labour. Um, <coughs> who are sorry about the cough there, guy? It's yeah. Very unprofessional again. Um, the, shocking. Um, Appalling. Policy. Let's talk about policy. When Andrew Little right. is struggling, uh, clearly um, to get the points in the leadership uh, ratings, but they're trying to get some momentum with the families package that was announced yesterday. Mm. There were sort of dueling policies announced. You know, it was really campaign time yesterday when Labour had their families package, National had their infrastructure loans thing, which they did a great sell on. How did you, what did, what did you, what did you make of all that, Ben, looking at, at all at the policy stuff yesterday? I... <sighs> Look, I don't really know how to use Excel, so <laughs> figuring out Labour's family package was pretty challenging. I think br- briefly from looking at it, the people who win are people with zero to one-year-olds, people with two to three-year-olds who are under $95,000. Old people get a little bit more than they would have through Nationals tax cuts, which will be scrapped by Labour. Yeah. Um, so these are the these were the bracket so, yeah, changes so, well, that, so, were the, yeah, so, that were announced in the budget that yeah, come so, into effect next tax year. Yeah. yeah, so there were bracket changes um, for taxation that National announced. Labor proposes to do away with that. They're going to keep the working for families increases that National announced, plus have a new increase of five hundred dollars a year for the first child up to a certain income. Yep. They're also going to increase 
the threshold at which working for families abates, but they're going to keep Nationals' new higher abatement rate on that. They're introducing Stay with a us, new. Whispers. Stay with us. They're they're they're, <laughs> they're introducing a new parental credit. This is for the zero to three year olds, mm. which abates at twenty point eight percent over eighty nine thousand dollars for two and three year olds. Um, they're they're keeping the accommodation increases and they're introducing a new um, payment for winter for superannuants and benefits beneficiaries mm-hmm. of four hundred and fifty or nine hundred dollars uh, seven hundred dollars a year, which is good timing given this is the super cold snap. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yep. I mean, so the thing is, some people win, particularly three hundred thousand beneficiaries will come out better than under national. Six hundred thousand superannuants will come out marginally better because superannuants would be getting an increase in their superannuation because superannuation is calculated on the average wage after tax. So mm. nationals tax cuts would have increased superannuation, right? Now, all of this is extremely and complicated. The, the, the effect on the accommodation <laughs> allowance as well, uh, Stephen ac- Joyce was talking about. I mean, Stephen Joyce had the line, didn't he, when he said, he said, he said this, they've come up with a, a, a convoluted spaghetti of entitlements, you know. Yeah, which, which was, he, he nailed it. Did he not? Like he just slept it away so easily. It was he's like the a master great of he's the, the kind of the kind of quick response unit. It just for, yeah. For so what, opposition what, to opposition. He's a, he's so a one thing that he said was that two point two million New Zealanders would miss out on their national tax cuts, and in a way that's right. Um, some of them will be doing better because of working for families and superannuitants, who are about six hundred thousand of those people, will actually be better off because of these payments. So there's a bit of ob- there's a lot of obfuscation happening on both quite sides. A, quite a lot of obfuscation. And, the, and, po- the, and, point, the, the point that Joyce struggled with, I mean, I think, um, is that the tax cuts do mean that if you're well off, you get a big tax cut because that's that's one of the realities of moving the brackets. Well, in anyone who's um, on over $52,000 a year will get the maximum of $20 a week. Yeah. Um, well, no, you get a lot more than that if you're on $200,000 a year. No. Surely? No, because it's just the brackets. So the maximum tax cut anyone gets under national is $1,000 a week. Is that right? Yeah, because all okay. they've done is move the middle income brackets up. So it's actually a capped tax cut. So the top t- top tax rate stays as it is, yes. I yeah, that's right. Okay. But even so, the the problem is: does a cabinet minister goes the argument warrant a tax cut? You know, that's 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 the one that's hard to hard to answer if you're talking about redistribution of money to people in need, right? Oh, sure, but you could say: um, should a superannuant who's got a five million dollar house get a four hundred and fifty dollar um, winter winter heating credit? Um, you know, and and but but I'm actually really interested in just how much progress the two major parties have made turning our tax system into a complete clusterfuck in the last three years. Um, in, in, in terms of complexity? Yeah, well, probably three years is, is, is an exaggeration. It's actually since Working for Families, working for families was brought back yeah. in 2005. But since then, it's just become more and more complicated. Um, you know, back in the 2005 election, Labor had a calculator to show how much you'd save from your student loan payments. National had a t- calculator to work out for your tax cuts. Um, and here, you know, you, you're talking about sort of six or seven different sort of multi-variable entitlements, um, and and that makes it very difficult for people, I think, to um, to compare. But it's, it does it does go kind of the it it makes it clear even just notwithstanding the convoluted clusterfuck pasta, whatever it is, 
and sort of sets out stalls about you know where Labour stand and where National stand. Yeah, it's and those traditional positions <laughs> of believing that people should have their money to spend it properly, or uh, believing yeah. that there should be more support for people who need it. This is why it is infuriating to be left wing in New Zealand. One of the big frustrating things about this election and just you're just trying to support um, parties like like Labour and stuff like that, they. They can't, I'm having a problem doing it right now too, they can't just clearly, um, put, they can't put out a clear message. It's that simple. It's like, this was um, an opportunity to attack the government over, um, uh, over supporting the rich and not supporting the poor. Uh, they're for the few, not the many. Like, it was so good, Jeremy Corbyn's um, campaign uh, slogan over in, in, in uh, the UK. He said, for, uh, for the many, not the few. Um, this is a great opportunity for Labour to attack, um, to score some points, to win over the everyman, and instead they un- un- unleash like something that no one really understands yet, and, um, and are easily slapped down in one comment to the media by Stephen Joyce, and they're back to where they started, sliding in the polls and going nowhere. It's so annoying that they can't just make it very clear for people that you should vote for us, and this is why, and they're not going like, oh, there's going to be this happening, and if you're earning under this level, just make it very obvious and very clear. Like, well, it's a marketing I mean, thing. Well, I mean, one of it's the a PR thing. one of the things that would solve both of your problems, which is something that um, uh, old 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 mate Gareth Morgan is backing, which is yeah. the universal universal basic income. You know, which is the idea yeah. that everyone gets, and that would take care of both of the problems. Mm. And that it's it, 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 yeah. Labour Labour toyed with it. Labour yeah. looked at it, and in the end, they realised that it was a hell of a push to make it work on mm. the numbers. Right. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the first guy to um, propose a basic minimum income for New Zealand was Roger Douglas. Um, that was what prompted the cup of tea back in 88. Yeah. Um, 88? Yeah. I thought it was the flat, um, flat tax. Yeah, flat, a flat tax and a guaranteed minimum income. Yeah, well, you yeah. just... So yeah, it was, it was, the flat tax was a big part the, of it. Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> Roger was very into packages as well. Everything was bundled together. And, um, uh, yeah, and I, I think Top has a bit of that same sort of mad scientist quality about it. It's, I mean, when you look at any of their policies in isolation... You know, they all seem pretty reasonable, mm. but they have this kind of, um, you know, uh, evidence-based zealotry behind it. So, for instance, you know, it's easy enough to draw the graphs for a flat tax rate, which they also suggest capital tax, you know, and a, and a basic minimum income. Um, but then then they also say, well, we've looked at the evidence and we must have a multi upper house. Uh, we've looked at the evidence. We must make the drinking age twenty. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> we've looked at the evidence, and we've seen that the evidence is that if you start railing against the establishment, you start getting votes. That's the, <laughs> other, the most yeah. important evidence-based policy yeah. they've got, I think. But but do they are they are they a real thing? Do you do you sense, guy, that that the Opportunities Party are was, a real thing? They're they're tracking uh, one. Stephen Mills said on the radio this week. But in Labour's private polling, they were on 1.7 two times in the last six months, I think. The other person that I've had mild internet beef with for no reason whatsoever is um, the number two in the TOP. um, Jeff Simmons. Jeff Simmons. Mm. Because I wrote an article, which I thought was funny, again, and my comedy was getting me into trouble. And it was against TOP, (laughs) and there was a lot of jokes in it and stabs Mm. and stuff like that. But the... The, 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 the underlying joke, jo- no, I can't remember, the underlying message, oh, well, the, um, the, uh, the funny, th- oh, the best joke was that um, it was funny that um, Gareth Morgan was saying he's going to light a fuse under the parliament, um, which, of course, if you remember uh, uh, Guy Fawkes, he failed well. miserably. He was um, arrested and uh, hung or c- killed. Mm. 
Or was he lit on a bonfire? Is that how he? I don't know. Well, anyway, that's how we remember it, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. which is which is my point about the TOP party is that they are looking like they're going to try and light a fire and fail miserably. And so my argument was, what are they doing if they're not going to challenge either an electorate seat or get close to the five percent? They're wasting time, are they not? They're just taking up airspace and hurting the, the left's chance. Well, that's my, that was my argument. Yeah. And he was like, you're a mouthpiece for the establishment Greens. I was like, whoa, whoa, whole, whoa, whoa. Step back to, I, I thought, just, just answer my question. Do you think you're going to make it to 5% or not? Yeah. The Greens don't want to be associated but, with me. But, 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 but I mean, that's, that is sort of an argument in a way because you could make that argument of any uh, nascent political force, right? I yeah. Mean, well, you know, if, if these are the principles mm. we're founded on, wherever you come from, yeah. might as well have a go, right? Get, 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 um, but but get, I, I'm sick of these rich men stepping in and um, trying to shake up the political system just with their own bank check. It's happened three times in the last like six years. There's been yep. Colin Craig, Kim.com, and now Gareth Morgan. Mm. It seems like a vanity project. I'm like, Gareth Morgan, if you want to make a legitimate change to New Zealand, find a party that you support and put your money into it and try and make the change for the inside. And if one of the changes you want to make is make it easier for small parties, make parliament more democratic, then good on you. But don't do it in this weird way. You're just putting billboards of your own face around town. It's very, very frustrating. Uh, ben, he's got a point, hasn't he? It does, I Thanks, mean, I got a I mean, point. Uh, really don't... hard to get into parliament if you don't have sitting MPs. I mean, the only... Yeah, the no, only, the no, only... it's never been done. Uh, act... Did it in '96. That's oh, but they were an offshoot of and and no, they they didn't have any sitting MPs. They were sort of the remnants of the Douglasite oh, yeah. sort of okay. dream. So they proved um, the other way. You can and, do it with and, a lot of money, and, and they had a lot of money, and yeah. they made it to about five five point five or something, and they were gifted an electorate seat yeah. by national national yeah, in yeah, that yeah. in that election. Yeah. It's hard to see how you can do it without that. I mean, New Zealand first made it back into Parliament three years later in 2011. Yeah, um, but again, you know, Winston not yeah. really the same. Same as Gareth Morgan. Yeah. Um, I mean, can they? Well, Colin Craig got to, he got to four, four at one four stage. Point two. I mean, they, they, there was a yeah. lot of wasted vote at the last election. Yeah. Things hadn't gone yeah. belly up in the last 10 days or whatever. Who knows? But right now, they're just not, the they're not even in the they're, they're not a thing. They've got 12, well, they've got, they've aren't got, they? They've got a Facebook page where they say inf- incendiary things about it, abortion. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Do if that'll, I, don't know like, I don't know. If that's official. I, I don't mean to be so policy. disparaging because, like, um, the way I felt bad for the guy because he was attacking me like I was like the establishment or something like that. And I was like, no, I think a lot of the ideas you're putting forward are great, and I love, um, I love the idea of making New Zealand Parliament more democratic and stuff like that. But just try not to splinter the the left vote like this, or don't try and chip away, and don't. The Greens aren't the establishment. They're a, they're a, they're a party that's trying to shake things up as well, and I don't know why you're. Um, try, well, while we're fighting amongst ourselves as well, it seems like we're shooting ourselves in the foot, whereas Nationalist has this massive block that's just powering on in the same way that Helen Clark used to. Uh, yeah, and I mean, meanwhile, yeah. well, yeah, but that's all. That's always a bit of special pleading, you know. That's the same as the, the Labour Party says to the Maori Party, you know. Look, we don't worry. We've got we've got Maori's best interests at heart. Mm. Don't worry. Don't, <laughs> that was a, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't worry. We've got this. You guys mm. don't need to, mm. you know. Um, so I mean, part, you know, people. I mean, the, the nature of politicians is that they'll always think that they're representing people who don't necessarily want to be represented by them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, we're, we should wrap this up soon uh, and focus on the 
M&Ms that are still sitting there before us, which guys very, very diligently avoided because he's professional. <laughs> yeah, I love M&Ms, but I'm like, just don't chew on the mic. It's rules. What, but so can you have one in your mouth, like lodged? In no, no, you sound bad just, right now. <laughs> I haven't got one in my no mouth. No coughing on mic. No. no eating M&Ms on mic. I'm making minimum levels, guys, minimum levels. And also, um, we should prep what we were going to talk about beforehand a little that's bit. The, it's the, we've got a lot of other stuff to Guys, do. there's we've competition now. There's another do. podcast. RNZ's oh, the, out there. Oh, the Tim, Tim Watkins. There's another, there's another podcast. I heard it the other night. They were good. Um, Guy and Espiner was saying that um, Winston Peters is a rock that's star. That's not what you were saying before we started. He's a rock star. Yet. No, I was, about to, I was about to build up and then slam it down. I think it's funny that okay, okay. Guy and Espiner always says that... Um, uh, Winston Peters is a uh, is a rock star. When Winston Peters is not a rock star, he is like Gary McCormick. Uh, he's a guy who's got a few old jokes. He's travelling around the RSAs, RSAs around New Zealand, um, appealing to old people. And don't get me wrong, he's he's very popular, but he's just not, that's not a, what a rock star looks like, uh, unfortunately. Who is the big, who who is the most rock star politician in New Zealand? <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think there is one at the moment. They're all very dull. I guess, I guess if you want to say the mo- Shivers, you just snookered me there. Well, Winston Peters would be the closest to it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not saying much. No, it's see, I don't know. No, no based, based on trashing hotel rooms, it's Shane Jones. Shane Jones. That's a different kind of thrashing. Let's wind this, <laughs> let's wind this podcast there out. There had to be that joke there. I maturely stayed away from it. Um, uh, and can I just say thank you for having me? And um, it's about time that, uh, you know, we had, there was a podcast with, with, it's about time straight white men had got their opinion to be yep. said. And can yep. I note that Toby felt bad that we're doing a, a podcast with three men, and as he should, rightly so. Oh, I, I, so I wouldn't say, but I'd, I'd say more angry with Annabelle for letting us down. For letting so, us down. So, um, yeah. appalling. But like these guys did make an effort to have some diversity on the panel and um, failed miserably. But thank you so much for having me. I hope I've been... Hey, thanks uh, for coming on, uh, guys. Okay. It's been fun. Um, if you found that uh, even moderately tolerable, you can subscribe to us and... Give us a, a brutal review on on the iTunes or the pod, no. You don't podcast. want that. You oh, don't don't, do that. don't say that because well, that will actually call, their, that'll hurt you. But people say that on podcasts. No, you, but you oh you're, you're doing a joke, but it actually will hurt you. Um, say give us a five star review, even if you hate it. Oh, I see. Because it just helps you go up the rankings. Give us a five star review uh, for our podcast, even if you didn't like it, and we will <laughs> send you send you <laughs> send us a self addressed stamped envelope, and I will send you some M and M's. Can I? Can I? Is that allowed? Yeah, uh, that's that's mildly okay. Um, good on you guys for doing this. So it's New Zealand needs a podcast like this, and I enjoy listening to it. And I, it was really fun and really awesome to be part of it. So thanks so much for having me. No, oh, thanks, guys. It's, thanks, it's Ben. Great to have you along. Um, yeah, nice to meet you in person, bro. We'll yeah. um, we'll uh, reconvene in a, in a fortnight. Thanks, yeah, cheers, guys. guys. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Jose. Peace. Kia ora e te iwi, Tiaihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.